everybody. Welcome to episode 13 of Liftology. Um, it looks like we confused what a bi-monthly meant. Um, so apparently, if we say we want to do episodes bi-monthly, it means that you should do an episode every other week. Um, I think we've personally confused it with every other month. So we're really sorry about that. And we hope to fix that. Um, but this episode is just going to be a solo Cameron episode. Um, I couldn't really get everyone else to do it. Um, but it's also an episode on God's Not Dead, which was only in theaters for three days. So it's really hard to find people um, that have seen um, this movie in particular, um, because this isn't the first God's Not Dead, which I expect everybody to have seen by now. Um, this is about the fourth God's Not Dead, um, God's Not Dead, We the People, which is about homeschooling. Um, and I went to go see it in theaters. And I wanted to see how well I could um, do a podcast on my own. And I thought that this, um, since it was such an interesting experience, would be a good test of like how well I could do that, how well I could talk for like 40 minutes to an hour on my own without having somebody else there. Um, plus, I'm self-important. So I think I can talk um, about my own experience for like 40 minutes to an hour. Um, so I guess... We'll just get into the theater experience. Um, try to imagine it with me. Like imagine what I'm going through as I watch this, the, the visceral Cameron experience as he goes to the Regal Theater and figures out his Regal Unlimited subscription does not pay for his God's Not Dead 4 ticket. And it's $14. Um, so um, I get to get to the theater. Um, and like I said, I was expecting to be able to get a free ticket because I have Regal Unlimited because um, I like to go see movies and I had racked up enough points to get a limited 2D ticket. So I was expecting me and my friend to not have to pay at all. So we get in there and we not only find out that because it is um, run through a third party movie um, company called Fathom Events, which if you go to a Regal theater, there's at least like one or two Fathom Event ads as you watch any movie. Um, but because it's this third party, the tickets are more expensive. So normally I think Regal tickets go for about 11 or $12. I haven't paid for a Regal ticket, um, in itself for since like January of last year, because I have this app and can just be like, Hey, I have unlimited, uh, let me see the movie. Um, this is not an ad for Regal unlimited though. It, it's very helpful. But they're like $14. They're more expensive. So I just, we pay and we go to the theater. And um, before we go to the theater, I forget that you have to pick where you're going to sit. Because like a lot of movie events will just have people, um, like if a big Marvel movie came out, then you'd have this crowd. And like some people don't want to sit next to other people. So they'll group up and they'll leave a seat open. And then there'll be a group of three that doesn't want to sit in there, somebody else. And there's it just becomes a mess so they make you pick out your seat beforehand um and i was looking at it and half of them were uh taken and i was like oh wait it's a wednesday this is a youth night for people i i forgot i forgot that youth has things on wednesday because i haven't like done anything like christian related in like ooh, like two or three years um or at least like go to a, a youth group meeting in like two or three years. Um, so I was like, oh my God, there's just going to be a bunch of like seventh to like 
10th graders in here that are like really conservative and will actually identify in this and here I am like the, the guy I went with like had ponytails on um I think his friend just did them beforehand and I was like oh my god they're gonna know that we're we're libs they're they're gonna own us they're gonna get us in the theater and they're gonna like hate crime us or whatever uh that didn't happen it, I knew it was an overreaction but it was pretty funny um so we get there and I'm, I'm right. There's like a bunch of just like middle schooler and high schoolers in the theater, though it's not like completely filled. There were like a good amount of seats still open. But we, we got in there when like they were still going over the Fathom event ads and the Fathom event ads are like really different from the actual movie theater ones. So it's not only Fathom event ads, but it's Christian Fathom event ads. So we walk in and they're like promoting a Christian band, I want to say. I don't remember the exact name of it. But then it just goes through a bunch of Christian movies. Um, I want to say the next one was about Christian hospitality in Nazi Germany. Um, then I'm trying to remember a few other ones. There was a um, creationist museum, which has uh, dinosaur bones in it as one of the commercials. Um, I thought that one was fairly interesting. Um, and I can't, it's been like a week and a half. I probably should have done this podcast a little bit earlier to clear my memory or keep my memory. Um, but one of the last things I played beforehand, um, you'll know the characters better once I get more into the movie, but the character that is the homeschool teacher in this movie, she's also a singer in real life, um, or like a Christian singer in real life, um, which is like kind of the same thing. Um, so she has a song in the movie and it's like, right in the middle of the movie like right in smack dab in the middle of the second act once you actually see the movie and she's just like i have a song in this movie and i'm gonna show you the clip where it plays and it shows you like the minute clip where her song's playing and like i haven't i haven't seen the second and third gods not dead i've only seen the first so i and i haven't seen this um the first movie since like eighth grade at like a youth group meeting when I was still conservative myself so I didn't remember who these characters were you don't know the struggles that these characters are going through yet until you get there like there's these multiple characters that you have not been introduced to before and it's just like a sad like kind of sad like longing Christian song and I was just like I, I don't know what's going on here at all and it that was probably the one of the weirdest things it's like i'm i'm here at the movie and you're playing part of the movie before the movie to me somebody that has paid 14 dollars to see this movie and you're gonna make me watch a part of it so that you can prolong the time before i watch the actual movie itself i i, I was just i was just pissed off okay it was, it was the trailer shouldn't do that you shouldn't choose the trailer of your movie beforehand um just just a principle of movie etiquette if you're making a movie don't don't do that um so let's actually get into talking about the movie itself because it is wild i guess is the best way to explain it so the first scene is really really interesting so it, it opens at this homeschool, which is taught in this person's home. Um, one of the main characters, um, or at least at the first 
half of the movie a main character but she's teaching homeschool she has all these children from um the church um this i want to say saint jude's church is co-opting um this homeschool and so she's not only teaching her children but she's teaching multiple children from the um church itself and so most of the children are like i'd probably say about like five to ten and they have this section of the home that is like the school itself and that's where they are but they have this 17 year old son that is learning calculus um and i if you watch the youtube version of this i don't think you can see that you can't see this on the spotify version but i did the like the finger quotes thing of learning calculus because i paid very good attention attention to what's going on here as the mother says go get back to your calculus homework he's holding this calculator and i can visibly see it's the kind of calculator that just has like the the one line like it's it's not a calculus calculator like this is the kind of calculator i haven't used since like god um maybe like geometry or algebra too like it's those the ones that can just do the basic functions that is not a calculus calculator i know what one looks like i took I took a year's worth of calculus and the, their screens are like, like a, they're like a square. I can't really show it in the Spotify version. I'm putting my hands up for those that are watching on YouTube. Um, like, yeah, they're, they're, the screens are about that big. It can do like very complex functions, but they had the calculator that are about that big for people on the YouTube version. And it just, the one line, I'm just like, this is, this is not a calculus calculator. They didn't do their, they didn't do their research. Like that's not a lot of research to do and they still didn't do it um but that's not the wildest part of the scene because it is a very small nitpicky part of the scene and like i'll let them get away with that one okay but so while they're they're teaching um they go from like i'm not sure maybe math or something like that into like religious studies um where they take up the bible and they justify it as saying it's both um learning about religion itself and learning about um how to read, I guess, because they're, they're so small. And a social worker walks in to judge um, their homeschool. You know, like if you're doing education in the state, a social worker will do that. So the social worker comes in, she sits down and notices they're reading the Bible and asks why. And like I said beforehand, they justify it by saying, um, sure, they're learning about religion because this is a religious homeschool, but they're also learning how to read. Um, and then they go over, do, do, do. I want to say Noah's Ark is what they were on. And there's this really weird moment where I want to say it's the daughter of the homeschool teacher herself ask um, if the social worker is a miss or a missus. And um, the homeschool teacher asks or expands by saying, she's not trying to be disrespectful. She just wants to know if you're married or not, which is a really weird question to ask honestly like from an outside perspective it's just like what like seven-year-old child is asking if people are married or not that's a weird question like if a seven-year-old walked up to me and asked if i'm married i would say why why are you asking me this go back to play and go back to like lego star wars like 15 or whatever you do now and this is the weirdest part of this scene because I know, I know this was put in there intentionally to like be like a trigger word to the conservatives, but the the social worker says, "I'm self-partnered." I think that's a direct quote. I'm self-partnered. Like 
I get there's people that are self-partner, but they specifically, they, they wrote that in the script with intent. They had a grin on their face when they were writing that line. They were just like, this, this shows that they're liberal and progressive and hate Christianity. It was just, oh my God, it was mind-blowing. It was just a real experience. I forgot to lock my main door. Um, but it was just so funny. So funny. I like bursted out laughing. I'm just like, this was, this was on purpose. Oh my God. This was, this was so on purpose. I, kn- I know what they're doing here. Uh, but beyond that, there's one like final thing in the scene itself. The social worker goes up to the confronts the homeschooler teacher on her own. And she's like, this is what you're teaching the kids. Um, she's, She's made unlikable, basically, is what I'm saying. Like, that's that's the whole point. Like, the liberals are supposed to be unlikable. So she creates this, I guess, report that the children aren't learning what they're supposed to by state standards, which is a good claim. And um, I want to say the next scene is in court itself, where the homeschool teacher and her husband. Oh, it's going a little fuzzy. Um, do do do. Sorry about that. Um, The homeschool teacher and her husband are in court and the judge is just like getting their own. They're they're owned with facts and logic um, by the judge. Um, The judge is my favorite character in this movie. Like they don't even present her as unlikable. Like she, she's just spot on. She's just like, your homeschool isn't following the state standards. If you guys don't meet the state standards within two weeks, we're going to fine you um, and every parent that goes there something like that. Because like the social worker proves that and or the social worker proves that they're not like doing enough. They're not following the state standards for homeschooling. Um, So they get 14 days to fix that. So this is where the plot kind of starts to divide. So there's like three plot lines going on um, throughout the characters. Um, So the main one is starts with they go to a church meeting afterwards you meet the reverend dave which is like one of the main characters throughout all four movies um um, i think reverend dave actually shows up in court um it's been a week and a half give me like some liberties on actually remembering this movie i'm i'm doing my best but so they're meeting up and they're like there's the sad moment before they meet up where there's like i don't know how we're going to get around this they're going to shut down our school and like i mean yeah but then reverend dave gets this call and he's just like yes this is it this is our saving grace so he walks into the meeting and says that we have this chance um to actually reverse this ruling or whatever and it comes from um in washington they're passing a law that will model they don't really specify what it is, um, but they have these education experts that say that homeschooling either A, needs to get, be getting rid of or um, B, heavily regulated to follow certain standards like they do in certain European countries, um, which good on them. That, that's what I support. I'm personally into homeschooling. So I'm the bad guy in this movie. I was, I'm also the bad guy in the first movie. I'm an atheist that's really into philosophy. Um, so... I mean, I could be the bad guy in the second and third movie. I just haven't seen them. But so this is where the first plot divides. Um, 
and there's this other person in the group this other there's the single mom um who is used to be married to this air force pilot that died um that's her subplot um but she has this child with um like either autism or social anxiety they don't really i don't think they really diagnose the child but it's kind of just stated that in a public school uh, he wouldn't really function just because um oh i think it's the quote he would be labeled special needs and because of that he would be put in classes that aren't challenging enough and eventually he would become actually special needs because he wouldn't have actually learned anything um which i don't know if that's an actual valid critique of the special needs system it may or may not be um but i mean she's just she has this child that she's leaving behind um then the mom and the dad that run the homeschool have the 17 year old that stays behind and he has his own plot um and then there's the main plot of reverend dave the couple that homeschools and the single mother along with um the chinese immigrant from the first movie um that converted to Christianity um, or fled China because he converted to Christianity, um, becoming a pastor. Um, so those five go to Washington, D.C. because this Texas lawmaker is trying to use them and their homeschooling um, and their homeschool as an example against this law, against the regulation towards homeschools. So that that's the main plot. Um, so let's hold off on that for a little bit. I'm, I'm putting it over to the side. And I'll explain the other two plots. Uh, so the second plot is this, the 17 year old son of the homeschooling couple is trying to get a car. He's saved up um, and he meets this girl selling the car and they, I guess, kind of like fall in love. And it's just kind of uh, homeschool versus public school, another in that dynamic because the girl he's selling the car or he's get, buying the car from goes to public school but she's going to college soon that's why she's selling it blah 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 and then the third one is the um iranian character from the first movie that converted to christianity and got thrown out of her house um because her household is muslim and didn't accept that is wants to reconnect with her father that that's the three main plot lines and this movie does a really horrible way of like cutting them together like some points of the plot, like especially the main plot will exist for like a time that's so long that you kind of forget that the other two plots are going on. And then sometimes it'll be so short that you don't really get a chance to respond to one thing before another thing happens in a different plot. And um, I will, there's this really funny instance of it in the middle of the movie, but we've got to get there. Um, so Let's go back to the main plot, pick that back up. Um, they're in Washington, D.C. now. Um, they're having some troubles, I guess. The single mother doesn't like leaving her son alone because this is the first time they haven't slept in the same bed since he was like three or whatever, and he's like five or six now. Um, the parents aren't really sure because it's been like six days since their order, so they have to get the judge to overturn their order or else they'll be fined like thousands of dollars um reverend dave's just there being a pastor um he's arguably the most sympathetic character between like not liking most of the conservatives because i'm a leftist myself and the most of the liberals just being written as unlikable reverend dave for the most part 
um, through these two filters kind of remains unscathed. But that's, I guess that's kind of because there are some pastors, at least more liberal ones, that I kind of like, um, that I'm friends with, and therefore can't really hate on because I know outside of politics, they're generally good people, I guess. And that's what Dave is. He's generally a good person if you kind of get rid of all the conservative parts, um, or at least how he's written is. Um, and then there's the Chinese immigrant that's there, mainly to point out that, like, he knows the constitution because he took the um immigration test like that's the main plot point um he's kind of forgotten in the second half of the movie um because he's trying to learn how to be a pastor from dave um and there's only like really about two moments in the movie in total where he does that um so ooh, what's the next point uh trying to remember where i would really want to go with this next um so they start showing the, um, I guess it's a Congress subcommittee that's considering the law on homeschooling that they don't really specify. It's either regulating or getting rid of homeschooling. Um, but the Texas lawmaker um, is talking to Reverend Dave, at least over the phone, um, they were talking about how the chair of the committee is very kind of like neutral and both sides. But right as they get to Washington, this chair has a heart attack and is replaced with a, uh, I guess, like the stereotypical Democrat anti-homeschooling thing or person um, who offers his sympathy to the Texas congressman saying that, quote, he was a good man, sad to see him go. So the congressman, which I don't really remember the name of, but I mean, the Republican congressman will probably be a good enough name to remember him by. So they get into the first proceedings and the first few people that come through are experts that talk about how homeschooling is done in other parts of the world, especially Europe. And I guess the movie that kind of wrapped this constantly brings up China through the, uh, the Chinese immigrant um, and talking about how they banned homeschooling in order to enforce like state um, propaganda or whatever. And it is a kind of weird just juxtaposition because it's just like this authoritarian regime, but like other than like maybe like Poland or Hungary, which probably hasn't gotten rid of homeschooling, I could be wrong there. there I can't really think of an authoritarian regime in Europe or at least specifically Europe. I, I probably put Russia in there as well. But like most of these places are fairly liberal, fairly open um, places for the majority of people, even like christians or whatever even if they don't allow homeschooling so i guess the movie kind of counter gives its own counter positions to its own arguments within it i guess in order to say that it represented both sides kind of somewhat fairly even that like little bit of somewhat fairly just kind of discredits their position because it's just like would you call finland an authoritarian regime for like regulating what can be taught at a homeschool the answer is obviously no you can't really do that because it's, it's just not true so like i guess it is this conservative trigger word it's just like china's anti-homeschool are you pro-china now hmm hmm you pro-china now hmm and it's just like i mean i'm anti-homeschooling but that doesn't mean i'm pro-china um sorry mls i'm not pro-china but um 
it is like it is so weird that like the movie will put in these like moments of uh both sides of the argument and then specify one more and then there's these weird moments of um solidarity among people that would just would not get along um and that'll be especially um important at right at the end of the movie um and we'll get to that when we get to that but um so i think we're at the point where the the song that they played beforehand is playing now um because they've they've lost a chair that's going to be neutral or at least fair to them in some way um the mom has the single mom is far away from her son and it's sad and the Iranian girl is um, looking, driving around and um, just looking at parents and daughters together. Um, so let's get back to the um, son plot. So the, the son buys the car from this girl and they keep texting um, afterwards. And he finds um, this earring of hers in the floor of the driver's seat. So he asks to drive it to her and he asks where is she and she's like i'm at school where are you and he's like oh i'm homeschooled and she's like uh, something 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 meet me here and they meet and then they discuss um the difference between public schooling and homeschooling it's just like oh you're lucky you get a prom um oh you're you're lucky you're top of your class because you're the only one in your class um and so on and so on um and this is right before the, um, I guess, song plays where it's just going in between the plots and people looking sad. And after the song, um, so the boy drops off the um, the daughter and, or this is right before the song maybe. And the daughter walks in and I'm just looking at it with um, my friend next to me from college. And I'm just like, wouldn't it be hilarious if her mom was the judge? I was just like, no, it's not only hilarious. I want that to happen. That is something I am wishing for. I am, my free project should be that if this judge is not currently her mom, I will go back and edit God's Not Dead 4 to make it her mom. Um, so after the song, the compilation of people being sad continues. and. The girl walks, she's like, no, 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 that's not the scene yet. Um, so she walks into a house and the judge is her mom. And this is during a compilation. So every one of these scenes are like 30 seconds or less. And I'm just like, yes, this is what I wanted. God may be real and God fucking loves me. Um, and it's such a weird reaction because I was just like, yes, in the theater. And then the next exactly next thing is while the Iranian girl was looking over to a fa the father and daughter on her side she keeps drawing going through an intersection and a truck just rams straight into her car and it flips over like three times and it, like that's happening right as I'm like yeah like it's just it's such a weird juxtaposition because like I'm going like yes this is what I wanted and then I look up and just like oh <laughs> what's going on here Somebody just got into a, a near fatal car crash. <laughs> and it like, it's like burst out laughing at just like how funny it is that those two scenes are like right next to each other. It's just like, oh my God, this, this is going to make me look 
like terrible. It makes me almost look like I wanted this to happen. I did not want the girl to get in the car crash. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, so the girl, she survives. Um, and like, she has a few wounds. Like it's, it's not enough to believe that the level of car crash she was in. Cause her car flipped like multiple times. Um, on road like it didn't even go into grass like it was like she's going straight across the intersection someone else is like going i can't remember it. 90 degrees turn let's let's say that since i can't remember the qualitative word for that um and it just hits her right on her side on her side the driver's side and she survives um but she's in a coma for a few days so then the main plot doesn't really address this. I don't know if they ever like know that she's in the hospital or not, but I don't know if she's supposed, they're supposed to know. Um, but they begin their testimony and their testimony is very weird because it kind of contrasts with the social workers, I guess, presentation of it. And it's very much anecdotal evidence. Like it's, it's a lot of anecdotal evidence just saying that their homeschool is good they exceed the test scores of the public schools around them, um, which they're in Arkansas. Like, of course they, like, it's probably not that hard to surpass the public schools in like Arkansas, especially now that they're Republican run. Um, so like, A, that it's kind of like, that's not much of a brag, but at least in that state, but B, it does kind of seem like they're lying. Like, this social worker is saying that you're not abiding by state standards, yet the test should test only for state standards. Therefore, if you actually are teaching state standards, why the hell are you in court? You should not not be in court. Um, or you should not have gone to court. Like, if, if you actually had good test scores, you shouldn't need a social worker, or at least the proof should be there that the social worker's claim doesn't hold up in court. But it did to a judge that is fairly impartial. I guess, I guess to me, she seems very impartial because she was she was girl bossing earlier, like she was just going off. Um, but they present this anecdotal evidence, and it ends um, with, I guess the liberal chair is just talking about like how they're trying to indoctrinate anti-science or whatever. And the single mom stands up and she said that she used to be like a NASA, like astrophysicist or something around there. And she gives this speech of just like how much she teaches her son. And it's just like, of course, like, yes, it's anecdotal evidence. Every child that goes to like homeschooling, it doesn't have a mother that's now a waitress that used to be an astrophysicist. But it, it's also weird that they bring this up because the mother beforehand, or the single mother beforehand, asked the chair what her occupation is on the sheet. And it says waitress and a diner. And I'm fairly sure if she was a NASA astrophysicist, it should have gone on that paper. And they even comment on it, like one of the liberal members of it is talking in the hotel um where they where the uh main characters stay at which is weird that they'd be drinking at a hotel especially if they're supposed to live in washington dc about like why'd they bring these people didn't they know that this would be a nasa 
astrophysicist, this makes us look bad. And Reverend Davis just looking over at them. Um, after the single mother's speech, they end for the day. And they're given one, one more speech the next day um, to talk over and advocate for homeschooling. Um, but there's this weird scene that I want to say is during this night where Reverend Dave meets the congressman, if this isn't earlier, and the congressman talks to Dave about like the progressive agenda for education and what Common Core will teach them. Um, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need to look this up. Um, so, or at least like one of his claims. Um, so he talks about um, like what like they're trying to do with education. They're trying to revise education um, and teach like a new history. And they're one of his main points, um, at least one of the main points I remember is that the congressman brings up how it's trying to show, or it's liberals and progressives are trying to show that the constitution and the other founding documents are biased because they're made by a bunch of old white men, um, which he re responds by saying, a, um, like he brings up like three examples of the founding fathers, which was like 40, 50, 40, like 50 people are like actually our founding fathers. If you really think about it, other than just the main few and of the, like the main five, he only brings up Thomas Jefferson, which was like 33 when he drafted the declaration of independence in like 1776. Another claim he brings up is that they were slave owners and bias and the constitution reinforces slavery. And he brings up um like a few examples he only says a few of the founding fathers were actually slave owners um which is not true i have the um there's that picture if you've seen it on twitter or any or on a news site of the the painting of the founding fathers signing like the declaration of independence or con or the constitution itself and every red dot represents somebody who is a slave owner um so the congressman the republican congressman's claim is that only a few of the founding fathers owned slaves, but so um, let's count how many people are in this picture um, that are slave owners. So first off, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 people in this picture that did not own slaves. On the other hand, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28 people in this picture of the 40 that own slaves. So it's not really a, a good claim to say that the majority of these people didn't own slaves um, and so on. I mean, like, I guess this is responding to somebody that's like a, a conservative actor in a movie that I'll never interact with. But his claim is just kind of unsubstantiated, I guess. Um, that may or may not be the correct word. So he's just kind of like fear-mongering. Um, Reverend Dave isn't quite as conservative as him because like he's like, didn't they own slaves? Like, isn't that like actually true? Um, and the congressman responds by like giving this rant about how progressive education is seeking to destroy Christianity and truth. Um, so it's trying to like, I guess, as they see it, the progressive agenda through Common Core is like trying to install like a moral relativism or whatever, um, which is very weird um, considering defending the founding fathers ethically 
um, as that was just the time, literally is the definition of moral relativism. Like I'm, I'm taking an ethics class. That's the one-on-one -on -one definition. Like defend slave owners by just saying it was right at the time. And th that's moral relativism. Um, but so the, the next day, um, actually, no, let me go back to the other two plots. So in the sun plot, it more focuses on the girl that he's dating or trying to date. Um, and she's fighting with her mom, the judge, because she finds out that um, the judge is the one, or her mom is the one that prosecuted the boy's parents. And she's trying to argue because her mother always let her argue as a child um, for fair punishments, I guess. Like she could argue, she argued in the summer that bedtime should be removed as a child or something like that. Um, teaching her the legal process or whatever, which is kind of a clue that the mom's um, a judge before you know it, um, or before the movie says it explicitly at least. So she's arguing against her mother on the merits of homeschooling or not. And the mother brings up very many valid points that aren't like really addressed. So saying like homeschooling adds to racism, um, so on and so on, just like kind of just like obvious points. It's just like, okay, children take their, people take their children out of schools because they don't want them to be near like black people or Hispanics or so on. It's just like, yeah, that, that's a phenomenon. Like I people, my family that did that. And it's not, like, not a good thing. That's why people, people use private, private schools or homeschools to preserve segregation. That's like a well-documented fact. Um, so honestly, I think the judge wins here in between the arguments because you can't, I don't, I mean, I guess I am biased. I don't like homeschools. I think you should get rid of them. Um, but I guess the movie presents it as the judge is kind of convinced by her daughter. Um, and there's this movie, there's this point towards the end where the judge just kind of rips up the paper um, of the, the court document that she has, which I don't know how legally binding ripping up a piece of paper is. Um, but I also don't know how much research the God's Not Dead researchers did. Um, so I'm going to say that that actually probably wouldn't hold up. But I could be wrong. Um, I mean, I'm not a lawyer. So that's really the end of that plot. Like the boy and the girl go to prom together at the end of the movie. And I'm just using that to get that plot out of the way. So the subplot of the the son and the single mother and the Iranian girl and her father kind of collide. So I'm, I'm just going to take a break from the main plot here, I guess. We'll get back to that in a second or in a few minutes. But so the son is like really worried because like he's seven and he hasn't been away from his mother in like forever. They slept in the same bed after their um, father and her husband died. Um, and so on and so on. He's having a hard time just being away from his mother this long. Um, that's his plot, basically. But the the father of the Iranian girl that kicked her out in the first movie, um, he gets a call by the hospital. And he actually answers it this time and goes to the hospital and sees her in the coma. And um, he's by her side while she's still in the coma. Um, there's like bandages all over her face and body. And he's there and the doctor comes up and he's just like, I can see you're a religious man. Um, why not go pray and ask for help from God or whatever? I'm not sure if it's exact words. Um, 
I don't know if a doctor would actually prescribe that or not, but it, it is America. So he goes to the St. Jude's church um, where Reverend Dave and everybody else in the movie goes to. And he sits there and he asks Jesus why he would test him like this. Um, and so he's like kind of angry with God. And then the small boy walks in uh, or the child of the single mother walks in and he says that he's having a hard time. Um, but like, I guess something around like Jesus will get us through it. Um, and there's this moment where he said, the little boy says, I wish I could go to heaven so that mom, mommy could have daddy again in her placement. And the, the father or the Iranian father is just like, um, you shouldn't wish that your mother would much rather have you here. Um, so they kind of, I guess, plot wise, they kind of help each other realize like the Iranian father helps the small child, um, realize that it's okay if mom's not always here. Um, his mom will still love him. His mom will come back. And the kid just spouts Christian propaganda <laughs> at the father um, and helps convert him. It's just like, Jesus always loves us. Jesus will get um, us through. I turn to Jesus anytime I need anything or something, 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 blah, blah, blah. I don't give a shit. Um, but there was this point towards the beginning of the plot, or that little section of the plot where like, the Muslim father earlier was talking to the uh, doctor and the doctor was telling him to pray. And I was just like, they're going to convert the father. They're, they're, they're going to do a little subplot where the father converts to Christianity. And I'm, I'm not completely sure if that happens or not, but the father accepts her daughter again or his daughter again. Um, and so she wakes up and he's there and they, they hug, they hug it out and reconnect. Um, that's really the end of that plot. But since we kind of ended those, um, there's only one left to wrap up, and that's the main story, which gets the majority of the time. Um, so Reverend Dave, after they give the second day worth of speeches and arguments for uh, homeschooling, there's this moment where he's in the back, somewhere in the congressional building, congressional library. I don't know exactly where he was at. It was, looked like a library. But the, the chair of the uh, congressional subcommittee walks in and he's just like, the only reason we're having people like you come in is procedure. We already decided the vote beforehand. You get no say. Everything you say is completely meaningless. Um, but, oh no, wait. He begins this by saying, Reverend, you should go into politics because the, the Reverend's, done, I guess, a fairly good job at politics taking to like people that really don't have their position settled yet um i guess at least unlike me um or at least in the movie he does he gives this he gives good speeches and whatever so he has a hard time um and there's this moment between him and the uh republican congressman and the republican congressman tells him that jesus will speak through him or god will speak through him or the holy ghost will speak through him whatever whatever um but that's I'm not exactly sure where the events of this happened, um, in what order, but um, I think the congressman speaking to him is actually before the second day worth of speeches. So Reverend Dave, after getting this um, speech by the chair, he goes back in the bathroom and then looks at himself. And then he goes out in the hall and the congressman walks up to him and says, um, this is the sister statue to the Statue of Liberty. It's my favorite. And a lot of people know it's here. Um, 
so Reverend Day is there with the congressman and all the other main characters walk up. Um, they're about to have the vote. I think the congressman walks in to vote himself. Or no, they're giving their final speeches. So the congressman walks back into the subcommittee. And these three other groups come in of about like one or two people each. And they begin by like reciting the constitution, like the pre preamble to the constitution. And I'm just like, what type of person memorizes word for word the preamble of the constitution? I know they're out there, but like they were like bouncing off each other. Like every single person in that room knew the preamble to the constitution. Like it's an fairly, like it's a movie, but it, it's fairly obviously this would not exist outside of a scripted moment. So the other three groups that are there, I think it's like two couples and a single and a woman on her own. And they're like, um, so the first group is an African-American couple and they're like, okay, homeschooling isn't just for conservative Christians. You guys are only like a fourth of all homeschoolers. Um, I, I, I took my son out of the public school system or daughter children or, and started this homeschool um, because A, of institutional racism, and B, their public schools around them were not well-funded, which is a fairly valid reason for homeschooling. I can't really argue against that. Um, the second one um, was either, I'm not sure if it was a single person or a couple, but they were talking about how public schools didn't offer enough, um, I guess, disability assistance. So they have a homeschool so that their child um, can go to a place that's or go learn in an environment for them and then the fourth is the anti-vaxxer so this this anti-vaxxer woman is just like i want to be able to pick out what vaccinations my children do or don't get and it is a very weird moment of solidarity because like i don't think anybody that really believes in institutional racism wants to be identifying with anti-vaxxers or at least very few of them especially people that care enough about education to start their own homeschool for it. Um, but Dave, I guess, is moved by them, and he walks back in right as the Republican congressman is about to give a speech. So he, the Republican congressman gives up his five minutes, and Reverend Dave gives this like speech about um, being against moral relativism, how pr the progressive common core agenda is trying to destroy truth and uh, American values. And then everybody in the room behind him starts clapping. And then like the people on the, um, the stand or in the subcommittee are just kind of a little bit angry. Um, they're just like, oh my gosh, we've been defeated by democracy. Um, America stands up against us or something like that. And it's just like, it's the people in the room. And I think there's a moment like this in every single God's Net Dead. I'm not exactly sure. But I would not be surprised if there's not this just moment of solidarity. It's like conservative Christian values actually win this time again. Um, but and then there's the, the final compilation happens um, after the God's Not Dead song starts playing. Um, and I may actually put that as the outro if I don't get copyright struck. Um, so I'm going to wait for that, see if that happens um, when I upload this on like Monday or Tuesday. Uh, but like the judge tears this is the moment where the judge tears up the piece of paper um the couple realizes they're not going to be fined um the moment where the iranian girl wakes up next to her father again 
Um, the son is reconnected with the mother um, and so on and so on. Everybody's just happy. The 17 year old son goes to prom with the girl he likes and then everybody gets the happy ending. And so my first thought after this is a it's blatant propaganda, but I was talking on the way home with uh, my friend from college. Wouldn't it be better propaganda for them to lose? And my answer to that would probably be yes, because they keep saying they're they're under attack. There's this just the system is against them, and yet they still somehow win in the end. Um, I guess it's this the continuation of the silent majority myth among conservatives. It's just like our views are actually held by the most people, but most people just don't say it because of the system or the liberals or cancel culture or something like that which isn't true conservatism is kind of dying off slowly uh, at least if you look at your research now um but i why do i say would it be better propaganda if they lost is that it kind of represents this the silent majority myth i guess here it does kind of represent a weird thing it doesn't really rile up an audience it's just like okay we can win if we just do democracy or republicanism republicanism or whatever and if they lost or if the system was against them wouldn't that get them matter wouldn't that make them i don't know that that's that's just more effective propaganda to me i don't really want to give them suggestions though so like <laughs> oh why am i saying this i don't want to give them suggestions like I guess it's just me as a, a critiquer, a, a philosophy person, um, a possible political theorist. It's just like, isn't propaganda supposed to make you mad? I mean, I guess that's the point. Like, it does, there's the solidarity moment at the end of the each of these movies where it's just like, okay, that we can actually win this one as long as we believe in Christ or something like that. It's just like, you've built up this, throughout the movie, the whole system's against you. And then the system loses at the end. Like, what's going on here? I don't, I don't, I don't think this correlates very well. Um, but I mean, that's just my my thoughts on this movie. Um, personally, um, would I tell you to go see this movie? Eh, kinda. Um, if me explaining it for like however long this podcast is doesn't really do it for you, you can go watch it. Um try and pirate it i guess i don't know if i can legally tell you to pirate it on a podcast or not um but if if you can find a way not to pay for it and find a way not to support conservative christianity um please do um honestly it, it is a little better made than i thought it would be um at least script wise um like the these kind of they talk like real people at least they interact as real people um there's some like really good movies that don't do this um personally i don't think the sam raimi trilogy of spider-man has like a really good script um like the plot the lessons there are really nice but kind of the there's too much awkwardness in how they interact um at least for me personally it kind of like using this as an example to contrast with it um there are definitely better movies that do it um god's not done like there there is this like suspension of belief that goes on there and just like liberals don't actually act like this the chance of you finding a like self-partnered social workers like extremely low um so 
I mean, yes, it's propaganda. It's supposed to like make the other side look bad, but honestly, not that bad um, of a movie. A little bit better than I was expecting. Um, if you had me on Letterboxd, I gave it one out of five stars, um, which is technically my lowest rating right below the wall um, because I don't think Pink Floyd's wall has a plot and I don't like that. Um, I should not have to be high to enjoy a movie um, because, I mean, I don't smoke, so. Um, but beyond that, just uh, my review was uh, God Hasn't Died Yet, um, one star. Um, maybe in God's Not Dead, Five, they'll finally kill him off um i don't know they haven't really done much with the god character yet um but uh that's all i can really talk about um tell me i guess tell me if you've gotten this far tell me how well i did i really do want to be able to do podcast on my own um especially since both me and pat are very busy and it, it, it has been a few months since me and pat have done a um podcast together but i promise that we're, <laughs> we're still both co-hosts it's just we're doing a lot right now um I've been reading a lot. Uh, I might do a more philosophical podcast soon. Um, but tell, tell me how I did on my own. Hopefully I can get a few more episodes out like this um, just in order to like keep up supply in order to like gain followers or whatever. Um, but comment, subscribe, um, like the video if you will. Um, dislike it as well. Um, either of them I think probably gets just promoted on uh, people's recommended page. Um, but Hey, um, I guess this is the end of the episode. Um, there's going to be an outro um, that I edited with God's Not Dead in it. Um, if that doesn't appear, then I have been DMCA striked. Um, but you guys have an amazing two months until our next episode comes out. Um, and thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I love and enjoy every single person that watches this podcast. Even though it's, it's not that much, it makes me happy every time I see a new subscriber or a new like on my video. Um, see y'all later. Overcome, my God's not dead, he's surely alive.